We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayas. At Nick Dayas 10 is where you can find me. Veteransminimum.com to find all things VM. Before we get started, big ups to the members of the Patreon. Patreon roll call, we got Nick Chavez, Ben Coatsian, Christopher Velasquez, Derek Platees, Devin Rendon, Jordan Riley, Mike Wozniak, Nick Crummich, and Thomas Robinson. Thank you all for your contributions to the Patreon. We're at 60 Patreon members, shout out to all of you legends who are helping us build the show out. And we got some really cool stuff down the pipeline. Joining me now is my guy, fresh off another hot streak in college basketball, Mr. NCAA. Kenny, what up? <laughs> like that one? Yeah, you like yeah, that I, one. <laughs> I do. I do. I like that one. Mr. NCAA. And I have to uh, put that in my Instagram bio. Dude, I hate betting on college sports so much, but now I have you in my life. I got Jeremiah back there also. He's like, dude, there's a lot of money to be made, man. You got to do it. You got to do it. So I'm sure I'll be, I'll be uh, compromising my morals and, and degening very soon. Yeah, co- college sports are, are fun, man. They're like, you know, Jeremiah is not wrong. There's a lot of money to be made. Um, especially with college basketball, because there's so many, you know, even football too. There's just so many schools, right? Like you can find more, um, you know, discrepancies in lines and just inefficiencies in, in, in some of the things that the, the odds makers are putting out there. Um, but yeah, college basketball is fun. But like you said, there are those times where, you know, uh, something stupid will happen. And then you're asking yourself like, dude, why the fuck am I betting on these kids? But it's a, uh, it's good time. And if, if you know what you're doing and what to look for, you're, you're right. You can make a lot of money. Yeah, that's the problem that I run into, dude. I feel weird betting on people younger than me that are not professional athletes that are going to end up working at like a, you know, accounting job or, or being a professor <laughs> somewhere. It just feels awkward for me, bro. I can't do it because then I get pissed off. And also, I'm not a fan of college sports. Like, I think the product is really bad. But it could be someone pressed me on this and they brought up a good point on Twitter. They're like, dude, it's because you didn't go to a, 
Like my experience would be different if I went to Michigan or Ohio State, Alabama. I'm sure I would have a different perspective because one of my good friends, boss, he used to be on VM way back in the day. He's a Syracuse alum. So for him, college basketball especially, he's like, dude, this is, is where it's at. It's better than the NBA. He's one of those guys. So I, I do think like adding context that I had in the experience could play a role. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, for him, every time he probably a little flashback for him back to the glory days at Syracuse. But I mean, you're talking about the product. I think the product is significantly better than what the NBA is putting out. Right. I mean, do you, do you watch college basketball at all or just nothing? I, I don't watch college basketball at all. However, I'll say the opening weekend of the tournament is one of my favorite sporting events year in, year out, which makes no sense because I watch <laughs> it. I enjoy it. And I don't even bet on it, too, which sounds so wrong for me to say as someone who's not a fan. Like, I can watch soccer games. I can watch NBA games and have no money on it. There have been a lot of football games I watch where I have no side, no total, nothing in that game. And I can enjoy it. But with college basketball, it's so weird. I won't watch any college basketball until the tournament. And I won't even bet on it. But I'm fascinated by that entire day of games where they start at noon in the East Coast. And then they go all the way till midnight with some of the late starts out West. It's, and, and I like seeing, it's very similar to me, and hear me out when I explain this, it's very similar to major international soccer tournaments a lot of times with the NCAA, NCAA tournament because you get a lot of people that tune in to the World Cup and the Euro Cup, and there's a lot of like national pride behind it. And you see that often with the NCAA tournament with the alumni and people that graduated from all these schools that just blindly back their school, which is super dope. And in New York City, I'm sure you know this too, living out there, how, how many bars in Manhattan are Yukon alumni bars, uh, Oregon, Oregon State bars. And it's like all the alumni that live in the city end up going there, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, I think the whole tournament is, is electric, but yeah, day one, you know, the first few days, uh, first round of, the, of March Madness is, is electric. And yeah, it, it does. It definitely draws in more casual fans than a lot of other sports, you know, probably because of the bracket, right? Like the March Madness bracket is something where, you know, it goes around offices and, you know, the Karen from accounting who knows nothing about basketball, but she's getting involved. And, and then you got the guy who thinks he knows everything, uh, he's getting involved. So it, it's uh, it, it's a fun, fun bracket. And, you know, I think it plays into just like kids getting into it. Uh, like I said, casual fans getting into it. So it just draws and it has a bigger draw to many more people. Right. Yeah. Without question, dude. And it's always there's a lot of money that gets wagered on that, too. I was looking at. So I got a buddy of mine that's coming next weekend to visit Vegas for my buddy boss, who I was telling you about before. He's coming in and we're going to the UFC fight. John Jones, Cyril Gaon. We bought tickets to oh, go there. Oh, where's my invite? Dude, you know what's crazy, man? I didn't even think about like mentioning it to you. That would have been perfect to have <laughs> oh. you come out here. You see, it, it really oh. be your own, bro. It'd be stop your own. <laughs> yeah, stop the show, man. So, stop the show. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's pulling up and I was looking at prices for like hotel rooms for that weekend. And then, you know, it's in March. So I was just looking and... It is expensive, bro, for that opening weekend. You're talking about like eight, nine hundred dollars a night for that opening weekend amongst several different hotels. 
Yeah, doesn't that suck, right? Like I remember being, uh, you know, like it, when I would go down to like the clubs because now I live a lot closer to Atlantic City since this is where I do betting and stuff. But uh, you, Atlantic City used to be like a two-hour drive for me, um, and I just remember like coming down on the weekends with my friends, and the rooms would be five, six hundred bucks. We'd have to like pool our money together, split the rooms and shit. But um, yeah, it's, it, it sucks when when things start getting that outrageous, right? Like, because there's a big event going on. I guess they just hike up all the the room prices. But you should, you know what you should do? You should just tell your buddy to fucking figure out the cost of what the weekend's going to cost them, put it on John Jones, and boom, you got a free weekend. I mean, yeah, he's also, him, he's he's staying at my place also for, for it because it's easy. But yeah, I mean, John Jones is the play. Uh, I took it, I took it at minus 125. Uh, I'm an idiot that I didn't bet it right away, but I had so many other <laughs> things going on. He opened up as an underdog and now... My my bold prediction is now it's at minus 150 in some places out here. I think come fight day, it'll be north of minus 200. Yeah, I, I was trying to think about like where that line was going to end because I I hate myself for not jumping in when it was plus money, right? Like John, jo- yeah. John Jones should never be plus money. I don't care if he's fighting Jesus Christ himself. John Jones should never be plus money against against anyone, um, especially Cyril Gain, who, you know, we, we saw what happened when he fought Francis, mm. right? Like, you know, he was just overwhelmed. And I, I think it's going to be a very similar, similar, you know, type of fight where he's just overwhelmed. Uh, I, I saw he came out, he did an interview the other day talking about how he doesn't start training for these fights until like the fight's locked in. Like John Jones has been training for this fight for years, like maybe not against Cyril Gain, but he's been waiting to go to the heavyweight division for years. And he's a killer, man. That that's exactly it, dude. I think I love that John Jones took this long to fight a heavyweight because one of the issues that I have, Kenny, with a lot of UFC fighters is when they jump up to a weight class and they put on a ton of size with no indication or desire to then stay in that division. Like I love what Adesanya did and obviously it didn't work out, but he went up to 205 and he didn't put on any weight. He he didn't cut that week. He weighed in at like 194, 195. He fights at 185, but it was just to go and challenge himself against Jan Blachowicz at the time, who was the 205 champ. He loses, but he immediately goes back down to 185 where he was the king of that division for many, many years. And I like that like Volkanovski also, when he fought Islam Makachev a couple of weeks ago, he he just went up there, didn't cut any weight, didn't pack on any size because he knows that 145 is going to be his division. When John Jones let go of the belt at 205, all signs pointed to him going up to heavyweight so he could challenge himself there. And it's been three years since we saw him, but I like that it's been very calculated. He's been very active in the gyms. It's not like he started training eight months ago. He's been trying to get a fight book since the tail end of 2021. It's just the UFC was in a weird place with the heavyweight division. Do you give it a Stipe again? Do you go with Francis? Cyril Ghosn is over there too. I can't wait for that fight, man. And, and we got a lot of fun, fun stuff on VM coming next week. But it leads to my next question, dude. What do you do after? Oh, I, got, I got a funny story about John okay. Jones for you real quick. So my buddy, he, uh, he was a writer for Forbes, right? Mm-hmm. Interviews, it interviewed Izzy a couple years ago. And this is just shows you the mindset of the champion mindset. John Jones has my friend who at the time, you know, was a nobody does this interview with Izzy puts out an article, John Jones comments on the tweet or wherever he dropped the article and like retweet it 
the interview with Izzy of Izzy talking about John Jones. And it's just John Jones took the time to like dive into my friend's interview with Izzy. He's listening to what Izzy's saying, right? Like he's just a champion. And he like that just shows me to, to me, like he's such a dog. And he's one of he's one of my favorite athletes. You could talk about him like outside of the octagon, what type of person he is. But yeah, man, that's gonna be a fun fight. And yeah, the line will probably close to minus two hundred. So we should jump in now. Yeah, and it's crazy that he is, in my opinion, he's the best fighter of all time because he he's never lost, right? Like he has that one blemish, but he was still he was cruising to like a 10-8 round before the illegal elbow. But he his resume is crazy. And he's also the biggest what if in in fight history, right? Like he's been this dominant of a champion and so great at what he does. And he's had the PED issues, the the uh, the assault and battery and all this stuff outside that has taken him away from the octagon. And he's still the best to ever do it. So I'm really excited for him to come back next week, man. And like I said, we do have a lot of cool stuff coming out for that, that pay-per-view and a lot of fun guests, but it also kind of segues into one of the questions that I had to, for you, because I get this a lot. Also when football ends, a lot of people don't know what to do with betting, right? What, you know, you don't have that thing every week. People start betting on hockey when they've never bet on hockey. It's like, dude, you're an idiot. You're going to be punting your money away. Don't do that. You have always bet NCAA basketball. So for you, it's a natural transition to go into it. But what, what advice would you give people that maybe started betting earlier this year and they bet on the NFL for the, the most part because it's, it's the most popular. It's the one that everyone swears they know, right? Like how many conversations you have with people that they know football, but they can't bet on football. And for us, it makes sense. And for people that understand betting, understand the differences between the two. But for the casuals, they're like, oh, I could bet on football. I know it. It's like, nah, man, there's different angles and different things that you have to account for. So what advice would you give to someone that recently got introduced to sports betting and now football has ended? Yeah, it's, you know, <clears throat> kind of like what you're saying. One of the, one, I always say like the biggest sports fans are usually some of the worst sports bettors. Uh, how much you know about what happens on the field doesn't necessarily dictate to how good of a better you're going to be. But hey, if, you, if you're just someone who's new, just getting into, you know, sports betting and, you know, you had a successful NFL season and you just want to continue the action and, and, and keep it going. I would say a couple things. One, you know, don't over leverage yourself. So if you're new to college basketball betting or you're new to NBA betting, you know, kind of like a uh, stocks where, some people, they always recommend you start out with kind of like a dummy account, right? With like no real actual money. Doesn't sound fun, but if you're trying to be serious and make sure you don't lose your money or, you know, put yourself into a bad situation, that's one way you could really just, you know, get acclimated to, you know, the ebbs and the flows of college basketball betting, see different trends that you see kind of happening over and over and over again, right? Like, oh, an unranked team is a short home favorite versus the top five team in the country. Usually everyone would think, oh, let me take the top five team in the country there. But uh, it's usually, you know, not so fast, not not really a good bet. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think just take your time, be, be, be you know, disciplined. There's a lot of bets a lot, like, on a college on a Saturday. There's hundreds and hundreds of bets you can make throughout the day. So just uh, just be disciplined, man. I, I think that's the biggest thing. Sometimes people just get too excited. They want to go, you know, balls to the wall right away uh, before they kind of, you know, get their feet wet. And then, you know couple weeks later, they find themselves in a, in a bad situation, owing someone some money or, you know, they, they can't pay their rent or whatever it may be. Dude, I think the the dumbest bettors and gamblers I know are the friends that I have that know the most about that sport that they're betting on. 
and they just they just have to bet, right? Like I'll never forget one of the coolest things that you had said that stuck with me was not something you said on the podcast. We might have reiterated that on the podcast, but in text, I had asked you what you like. I think it was after the afternoon slate of games. So like the four o'clock games in the East Coast, they had ended. So, you know, you have that little hour between the 4 p.m. and then and then Sunday Night Football. And I was like, dude, what you what you got for tonight and tomorrow? And you're like, nothing. I was like, what do you mean nothing? You're like, bro, if, <laughs> if I don't if I don't really like something or feel like I have an edge, I'm not going to bet on it. And I was like, interesting. You're like, yeah, bro, if you want to do this for real, you can't be having 20 bets a night just because it's it's a Tuesday and you want some action. And I have so many of my friends that'll reach out to me and say, dude, what do you like to, tonight? What do you got tonight? I'm like, no, nothing. And they're blown away by that. <laughs> they can't believe it. And I think what's cool about football ending for me, nothing really changes because I primarily bet on three sports a week. And then come playoff time in the NBA, I love betting playoff basketball. We've talked about this in the past too. And what's cool about UFC betting and soccer betting, it has a NFL feel to it where it's weekly. So I have enough, I have enough time throughout the week to gather who's playing, who's missing because of yellow cards. What's the word out of this training camp? Is, is someone hurt coming into it? Did they have a bad weight cut? So it's very similar where Major League Baseball, there's so much that goes into those games. And you have to consume all this in a couple of hours when you get the, the batting order and you get the, the starter that's pitching. And then it's every day you got to do this. So you have to be on Twitter. You have to be consuming all this content. And it's a lot. And even in the NBA too, which I think NBA regular season is the worst thing to bet on personally. So not much has changed for me or changes for me when football ends. It's kind of still status quo and going about my business with the sports that I bet on. Yeah, for me, I mean, I guess kind of the same. Obviously you said, you know, I've been betting on college basketball for years. So um, up until the last couple of years too, I, I would have said college basketball is probably my number two best sport that for betting, handicapping. Recently, I, I think the NFL has surpassed it, but this year has been pretty crazy. Uh, I, I've been on some crazy runs in college basketball this year. It's It's been a good season so far, but uh, I would say baseball is my is my best sport at handicapping um, by far. MLB, I, I don't think there's many people that are touching me when it comes to baseball. And then usually NFL and college basketball, are like right there, you know, one or two A, two B for me. So it doesn't really nothing much really changes. <clears throat> if anything, I think it gets easier when there's you know NFL and uh, NBA and college basketball and all these different things on. Sometimes it's a little harder to find like the right spots for me. Um, but like since NFL has ended, college basketball has been on fire. With the NFL ending, immediately people start talking about next year and some of like the futures and Super Bowl odds. And uh, it was funny. You and I had a, a fun little back and forth and you were like, you're on your own on this one, brother. But I text you and I was like, are you ready for VM to become a pro Denver Broncos podcast? Why, why don't you like that one? Does it not intrigue you? Do the odds not, are you not interested by it? What's, what's the vibe that you're getting out of Denver? Um, <clears throat> I, ju I just, I don't think Russ is cooking much, you know? Uh, I think Russ was uh, extremely overrated in Seattle. I think he was kind of cushioned by having a very good defense in his early career, having Marshawn Lynch in his early career, having Pete Carroll, Right. I don't think enough credit like and, and I fall victim to this sometimes, too. Like, I don't think the coaches get enough credit in, in some of these sports at, at some of these higher levels. Like, 
Look at Daniel Jones, what he did when Brian Dable became his head coach. And look at the 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 downtrend that Josh Allen had, right? Those are that's just one guy that was with one guy and then he wasn't with him. And then he's with one guy that didn't have him the year before. And their numbers go in the opposite direction. Now, there's other variables that can be, you know, that can be accounted for, you know, better teammates, whatever it is. But I think the coach, especially with the quarterback, like the good connection, like we saw with Brady and McDaniels in New England for all those years, right? I think it has a big effect on it. And, um, you know, Sean Payton, great coach. One of, you know, he's regarded as one of the best offensive minded coaches in the NFL, but you still got Patrick Mahomes in that division who we all, we all saw what he did, 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 did this year to, uh, you know, the naysayers who kind of wrote them off, right? You have the Chargers, who I think the Chargers are going to take a big, big step up. It's one more year, uh, Herbert in the NFL, getting acclimated to the speed of the game, the playbook, uh, you know, another year of having those new acquisitions they got last year that they had all the hype coming into the season. They kind of, you know, underperformed a little bit. Uh, and then they bring in a, a new offensive coordinator, Kellen, Kellen Moore for him, which isn't really being talked about a lot, but I think it's going to be a huge upgrade for Justin Herbert and helping his development going forward. So I would put the Broncos probably third best team in the division, but if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Raiders or, you know, someone like that, you you can make the argument that the Broncos are the worst team in their division. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to take in there where unless if Russell Wilson is really fried and he's just not that guy anymore, this is a terrible take. But I'm I'm banking on they have a lot of talent on this team, bro. And I'm looking at the and I'm looking at the roster. There's no one that really matters that's a free agent. Like all their starters are expected to be back. They're gonna get Williams, the running back back off the ACL. They have amazing wide receivers. You got Judy. I'm a big Hamler guy. They got Sutton. They'll get Tim Patrick back, who who had gotten hurt last year. They can improve the offensive line, which I'm sure they will. And maybe this scheme with Sean Payton will probably improve that as well. But this is me betting on the defense. Sean Payton being able to revive Russ. He helped save Drew Brees' career. I mean, they ended up playing together for like, what, 12, 15 years was it that he was with New Orleans? This is a bet on Sean Payton in the defense and Payton being able to bring back the rust that we all were saying was a top quarterback with Seattle. That's why I think I never said that. You you never you never was on Russ? Really? No, honestly, I, I've never been a big fan of Russell Wilson. Um, never, never. I, I I you know, he's gritty, he he's got a lot of heart, and you know, he he goes for it, he he plays hard, but yeah, I, I just I don't like his, I don't like his, him him as a quarterback in, in the NFL. Um, you take away the, those early years for him again. What has he done after those early years of having the Legion of Boom, who's you know could be called one of the best defensive units in NFL history? Marshawn Lynch, who was a, a fucking wrecking ball on offense. So yeah, you take you take away those guys from him. What has he done since the Seahawks were were not a very good team? I mean, dude, he. Like he won a bunch, kept them in the hunt. Like Tom Brady, like Tom Brady won a bunch too with way less. I mean, bro, we're then, talking about like and then, and then you look at the Broncos team, right? Okay. You could debate it, and I, but I don't think so. Like I think Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are a way better one two than anyone on the Broncos. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think so. so he's got I think the conversation Right, but collectively I think they have better weapons. Yeah, but look at what happened to them last year, right? The defense was stellar. 
they, 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 they're holding teams to 16, 17 points a game, but the Broncos couldn't score 20. And it was when you, when I, when I see things like the, the offensive players on the sideline screaming, not, not just like being angry with Russell Wilson, but just full on screaming at the guy because he's so inept out there. Like that's telling me something, not just like, Oh, he's having a bad year. It's all right. Maybe this guy's not what, what we all thought he was. Look, that's fair, man. But I think I think he was definitely a big reason for their success, too. Like, he never had a losing record in Seattle until that last year that he was there, consistent. And towards the end of it, you know, 2019, 2020, it wasn't the LOB anymore. Like, all those guys had left. So I think this is a bet if you're, if you're going to take the Broncos. And they were the first future that stood out to me. Some places 30 to 1, other places 45 to 1. That's why we say... Don't just dive into the first sports book you see that offers odds. You have to shop around. It's like anything else that you go shopping for. And it was the first one that jumped out to me when they got him. I was like, all right, if this guy could revive Russ, I think there's something there. Now, you also brought up a lot of strong points too. You're talking to a Justin Herbert stand. Love Justin Herbert. I do think Kellen Moore, that's not being talked about enough. That's going to elevate them. Like, dude, Dallas had a top five offense the last three seasons that he was there. And I think that's a big mistake for Dallas letting him go because I think the issue is really McCarthy. He was not the issue, in my opinion. So that's going to improve the Chargers. And maybe a lot of people are going to be turned off by the Chargers this year because everybody was on the Chargers last year in that division. Like they were the favorite, not the favorite, but they were the one that was talked about the most with some of the additions that they made. So Look, we do have a long ways to go, but I do think I'm going to be monitoring the the line on the Broncos as we move closer to football once again picking up. Yeah, I'm not mad at it, man. You know, I, we're, we're all entitled to our opinions. And hey, you're the guy who you called the Super Bowl matchup last year. I, di- I didn't have the Chiefs-Eagles, so um, we'll, we'll see what happens. That's why we play the game, right, baby? Um, uh, yeah, you ain't kidding, bro. You ain't kidding. <laughs> now, talking about some of these, we're talking about a quarterback in Russell Wilson. I think there's there's three quarterbacks who are being rumored either to leave or are they coming back, whatever it might be. But I think these three guys, depending on where they go, Kenny, can have a massive impact in the futures markets. And also, like a team like the Saints, right? I think if I was Derek Carr, that's a team that I would go to because... I know he visited the he visited the Jets over the weekend. In games in which the weather is under 45 degrees in his career, he's 3-13. and 13. It was always bet against Carr when the weather was shitty. He was not that kind of quarterback. You play in New Orleans. Hot take, bro. If he goes to the NFC, he's what? A top five quarterback in the conference? Where would you put him at? Just off the top of your head if you had to guess. Well, top five in what the NFC? You're saying? Yeah, in the NFC. Like, who are the who are the five? If Aaron Rodgers leaves, right? Like, all indications are he's not going to be in the NFC. He's not going to be with Green Bay. I think he goes to an AFC team. That's what what I would I would bet on for Aaron Rodgers. Who are the five best quarterbacks in the NFC? And and when you name them, you're going to have so much uncertainty in you naming these guys. Yeah, because like, I'll be honest, the first person, and this is probably just me not really thinking hard enough, but the first person who comes to mind is is Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And I know Jalen Hurts definitely isn't the best quarterback in the NFC, right? So, so for me, the three that came off the top of my head, Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. Yeah. 
Bro. <laughs> right? Like so it's bad. it's bad. And then and then I think you would have to Matthew Stafford. Like this is these are the conversations there's we're having. Be someone we're forgetting, man. There's got there's got to be someone we're fu- we're forgetting right now. There's got to be. Let's let me think real quick. Dude, the a, the NFC South dumpster fire. I can't tell you who that any other quarterbacks are. Bad. I can't tell you who oh, the starters yeah. are right now. I have no idea. In the entire division, in in the East, you got Jalen Hurts, you got Dak, you got Daniel Jones. Who you were talking before about Daniel Jones, and immediately in my head, I was thinking the number is four or five. He wants forty five million and. Yeah, this, this, yeah, this is what happens. Now, didn't you see? Didn't you see? I think this was. It was obviously. I'm assuming a joke, but I didn't really do any research to see if it was real. It was. But they said uh, you really wanted four to five million, but they couldn't hear over Dable's slurping the fettuccine. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was definitely a joke. That was hilarious, though. But so, so I just named you the East, right? Uh, and it's Sam right. Howell is now going to be the quarterback. What about what about golf? Ooh, that's a good one. But it's also golf, though. Yeah, because. Cause like I I to I knew I know where you're going with that question. Obviously, like I was I was thinking, you know, I was looking before, like why why don't the Lions try and trade for Lamar Jackson? Hmm. They have the Rams' top pick. They yeah. could easily package probably that pick and golf and maybe like another pick and get Lamar Jackson today with one of the team like one of the best cores around him. Like, can you imagine Lamar Jackson with Amon Ross St. Brown? He hasn't played with a with a wide receiver on that level his whole career. I mean, dude, for sure. And what's crazy is coming into this year, I remember talking so highly about the Lions' weapons. They were on hard knocks. They got a lot of love. I didn't buy into that. I thought they would improve for sure, and they did. But people were betting on them to make the playoffs and the Super Bowl and all this stuff. And I was like, all right, let's slow down. Let's slow down a little bit. But... The one thing that I was really putting a huge emphasis on is spent the first round pick on a wide receiver. They have DeAndre Swift. They got Jamal Williams, who I've always been a fan of. At the time, they had Hawkinson, right? You have Amon Ross St. Brown. You have a lot of guys where you're looking at the roster and you're like, yo, if I was a quarterback, I would, it's Detroit. I get that. But this is a, this is a fun place to play. It's a controlled environment. You don't need to worry about the weather. And you have a lot of weapons at your disposal. It'd be appealing for a guy to go there. I like what you're saying, but does does golf do it for you if you're Baltimore? Like you go into the season now with Jared Goff? That's why this question that I asked you is so wild to me because I think if Derek Carr goes to the Saints, dude, he's probably a top five quarterback in the conference. And I think they're immediately the favorite to win the division. And... They have a lot of weapons too. Like that would be the fit if I was Derek Carr that I would want to go to. I wouldn't want to go to the Jets. You're obviously not coming back to the Raiders. I think the Saints is like a home run for him to go there. Yeah, I think the Saints seems like the most obvious fit for Derek Carr, right? You have Olave, you got Kamara, um, the coach, great defensive coach, the Dome, so you don't have to worry about the cold weather. Like you alluded to, Derek Carr can't play in the cold weather. So, and definitely an upgrade from Andy Dalton. So, you know, that's a win-win for both of those guys. I I think the Saints makes the most sense for Derek Carr. And the Jets, like typical Jets fashion, which, you you know, you being from New York, like you're going to know this, like all my friends who were Jets fans like two weeks ago, putting on their Instagram stories, we're getting Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) I told all of them, dude, have you guys not watched your poverty franchise operate for the last 15, 20 years? There's zero chance in hell you guys are going to land Aaron Rodgers. 
Uh, and, and now the reports are that he's probably not going to New York. So, Dude, the Saints, 50 to 1. I think, I think I would be more likely to put bets for Super Bowls and conferences in the NFC because it's a lot. It's a lot weaker, dude. And I think, I think the two teams that stood out to me the most was Denver in the AFC and the Saints in the NFC. As two teams where I think, especially if they get Carr, it'll be very, very interesting and intriguing for me from a betting standpoint. Because I think immediately he's a top five guy in the conference. And it goes to show you just how weak the NFC is also. Like we didn't even mention... Jimmy G and what's happening in San Francisco at quarterback, because we also don't know, right? Like Brock Purdy's going to have surgery on his elbow and Trey Lance is coming back. They're obviously moving on from Jimmy G, but this is what you're doing. Kyler Murray, does he excite you? He's coming off the ACL now. It's forgot about Kyler. Yeah. Yeah, forgot about Kyler. They have the worst he's odds, right? Top, he's he's got to be top three in the NFC. He gets so much hate, man. He's so talented, Kyler. Yeah, but the story with him is the same that we've seen from day one. He just, it just doesn't seem like he could play a full season. Dude, I remember his second yeah. year, I bet him to win MVP. And after the, the, the Hail Murray that they coined against the Bills, that week yeah. before they played the Patriots, he was the favorite with, forgot who else it was, but he was the favorite just for that week. And I was like, oh my God, I had a 35 to one on him. I was like, oh shit, here we go. Screenshots coming. <laughs> Plays the Patriots, gets smoked, and then he was injured, didn't run the rest of the season. So that's a that's the MO with, with Murray, man. It's I agree with you. From a talent standpoint, he would be in that five. But they have the worst odds in the NFL to win the Super Bowl, them and the Texans. And between those two teams, they actually have a guy that they could get behind as a franchise quarterback in Arizona. But I just don't think that it's sustainable, his style of play, because we also haven't seen it, right? Like, we talk about Mahomes, bro. And how no matter what, you got to bet on them to, to go at least to the AFC title game because for five seasons as a starter, that's all we've seen. Whereas with Murray, it's the complete opposite. We just haven't seen him as a starter play 16 or 17 games since he made it to the league. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's crazy how, how many games he misses because if you watch him play, he's very good at not taking hits. He's, you know, baseball player. Great slide, slides down before usually taking the big hits. So, so it's pretty weird that he that he is hurt so often. Um, do you think there's ever you think there's ever a chance that Kyler Murray says like uh, football ain't it for me and just goes back to baseball? Nah, because he just signed for like what 180 million. I think he's yeah, of course, yeah, he's paid. But you know, I was just, I was just thinking like when you're like a two sport athlete, you know, I, I wonder if he ever thinks like, damn, I should have just played baseball. No. Because he got paid. And I know it's, uh, I, I hate, <laughs> yeah, I hate I saying it. that, but like, bro, I remember, dude, when I used to do the show with the other guys, they were like, two of them were like hardcore baseball fans. Like that was like their number one sport. And when Kyler Murray was going to make his decision on whether or not to play quarterback with, you know, go pro in one or the other, it's like, dude, the quarterback doesn't get hit as much as they used to. If he played corner or running back, I'd, say, go play baseball. Like, if he was my kid, I'd be like, bro, go play baseball. Like, you could just be average in baseball and you'll get, like, an $80 million contract at some point. But right. <laughs> you're, playing, you're playing quarterback, bro. And you're coming out. You had, just, you had just had that great season in college. You're going to be the number one pick. Like, yeah, no, no kidding he's going to go play baseball. You want him to be in the, in the back of a, 
uh, of a bus in like northern Idaho going to play AAA baseball when he could just go right away into the league and he's going to be a starter and he'll be on prime time and he's a starting quarterback, which is probably the coolest and most iconic position we have in American sports is the quarterback. Like it was a no brainer for me. So for him, like he achieved everything that I think he would want to achieve. Obviously he wants to win, but the decision for him to play baseball, I think is never going to be questioned. Like he made the right choice. And I get what you're saying, but in the end of the day, the bottom line talks. If you, if you could be like a, a, a star level player in any sport, what do you think, what would sport would you choose? Like what would be like the coolest sport to be like at the top of, of the game? In America, I would say a starting quarterback. Okay. In the world, it's, it's, it's a soccer player. Like an elite soccer yeah. player on a big, like, if you're the center forward for Real Madrid or Manchester United. Yeah, it's got to be so cool, and, right? And bro, like, that's, that's also, yeah. like, international fame. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, like, you can't go anywhere. Like, even people in America know who you are. Whereas, if you're the starting quarterback, like, Brady was probably the most iconic NFL player we've ever had. But he also dated Giselle. Like, all my family... In Greece, bro, they knew Brady as Giselle's husband. They didn't. They just knew he played the American football. That's all they knew. And it was like the number one sport. And he was the guy that was always winning. But it's like, bro, Ronaldo and Messi, Mbappe, they come and walk through like Vegas. People are going to be like, holy shit. But if, if these, these football players go overseas, I think the, the, the levels of fame are completely different. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I've always said that if if I could be like a, a star player for like a World Cup game or something, I just feel like walking out onto that field has to be probably one of the craziest feelings ever. Just like the way that those crowds go nuts is it's got to give you go, like goosebumps as a player. And also the nationalism behind it, too. And it's so patriotic when you're hearing your anthem play and you're representing your country as opposed to uh, I'm playing for the Chargers. That's cool. But in four years, I might not be on the Chargers again but you're always going to be Portuguese or Brazilian. Yeah. So like that sense of pride is just wild. To me, I think, I think those are, those are the two answers. I know I gave two answers. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I, the one thing I've, I've always wondered, and this is a little off topic, but maybe you, you can give me some insight. Is I've always wondered how do those soccer players, man, their hair is like fucking perfect. Even it looks the same as before the game even started. These guys are running miles you know, sweating, putting in work out there. And they look like they just jumped out the shower after the game. I think it's a lot of gel. And I also think that yeah, they probably, be, right? they, they got to add some stuff at halftime too. If they go in there for 15, yeah. 20 minutes, they're probably like, yo, yo, I got to fix this up. You know, just throw some more gel. And then you're right. It looks perfect, bro. It really does. Yeah. Cause like I, I went to play basketball the other day, like, and, and mind you, I'm like 32 now. I haven't played basketball in years, pretty out of shape. Dude, I played for like 30 minutes. I look like a wet dog. My hair is all over the place. I'm like, geez, bro, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, man. Listen, you got to have millions of dollars to have people cater to you in the locker room and to take care of your hair. So, and then you'll look spotless like Cristiano Ronaldo does every time he plays a soccer game. Yeah, it's impressive, man. Hey, I want to wrap up with this. Um, if you, is there anything on the horizon? Um, I know we, we talked about the tournament a little bit in the beginning, but from a from a betting standpoint that you're excited for, like for me, we just had the NBA All-Star game. And I was telling people last week how it's the most sure thing, I think, in sports betting, which is 
probably the one thing that doesn't have a lot of sure things. And it was the over. And again, they crushed the over. And people are bitching and moaning that, oh, it's a glorified layup line. You heard Jalen Brown say it. And the product is so bad. It's like, dude, it's an all-star game. It's supposed to be fun and entertaining. And I found it incredible because, you know, I, I hammered the, the 323 and a half. But is there anything that you feel as if people should be betting on or keeping their eye on over the next couple of weeks or months? Well, one, college basketball. Like, I'm, if, you're, if you don't know what you're doing, you can come talk to me. We'll make money together. But baseball, uh, I said it at, you know, at the top of the show, baseball is my number one sport to handicap. Uh, it's the sport that's gotten me banned from William Hill and other sports books around the world. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of money to be made during baseball, especially if you're good at finding underdogs and finding good value spots for, for the dogs. Right. Uh, I, I always give this ex- example for someone who is not you know familiar with betting baseball. Uh, in 2017, the year that the Red Sox won the world series, right. They were on pace at one point to win. I think it was like 114 games or something like that, which would have set the re- MLB regular season record. They fell like a couple games short, but they, they were pretty close to setting the record for most wins in a regular season. Had you bet a hundred dollars on them every single game that year, you would have lost money at the end of the year. Uh, so that just goes to show you that the favorites and the juice, and especially in baseball are never, never worth it. So, uh, I've talked about it on other episodes with you, how, you know, if you're someone who you're going to be betting consistently, you better get very comfortable taking the underdog and betting, you know, with, with the points, not taking these big favorites. So yeah, I'm excited for baseball. A lot of money to be made there. But you you like the All-Star game? Yeah, bro. I've been betting the over... Nah. Dude, I've been telling people, my buddy Dominic, I know him since I was in the sixth grade. Since the sixth grade, bro, I've been betting the over in the All-Star game. No bullshit. And I think all but like... <laughs> sixth grade. Bro. On Are you going to the corner store? On everything, man. Listen, you know how we used to get down, bro. We used to get down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But dude, I bet the All-Star game over since then. And I specifically remember two out of the, what is that, 20 years that I've been doing it, it hasn't gone over. And and one of the times was when they first made that pivot and they really changed it. Like there was one year where they scored like 400 points and it was, mm-hmm. it was alley-oops. It was like 2014, 15-ish. And it was like 198 to 196. It was something crazy like that. And then the next year they went hard. And, you know, they upped, like, the bonuses or something. They changed a little bit, and then it went under. But for the most part, bro, I've been betting the over. I'll blindly bet the over in the All-Star game, even with this new Elam rule where they don't really play a fourth quarter. They kind of play the first three quarters, and then the last one, it's like they play to a target score. They scored 359 points, and they they shattered it by, like, 30. Next year, the All-Star game, they'll probably set it at, like, 341 342 because are they even have an all-star game next year this was the worst all-star game ever it had worse ratings than the nfl pro bowl where they're playing flag football it was so for three consecutive years the the nba all-star game ratings have declined two years they were the exact same 3.1 was the rating in 2021 and 2022 that was the previous worst this year set the worst at a 2.2 rating so for now, three consecutive years, they've had the worst historical rating in NBA history for the All-Star game. I, I think you got to change it, man. I, I would r- much rather see, like, if you're not going to have these guys go out there and compete like a real basketball game, because, Nick, let's let's be honest here. You know, I get it. I get this. This this annoys me, this All-Star game. I, I love basketball. I play basketball my, my whole life. So when you see the, the product that they're putting out there, like, dude, if you sent five NBA players 
10 NBA players, five on five game to Rucker Park or any random park in America, you and you televise it, you could probably have so many people watching it. That should be such an easy sell for the NBA to get great ratings on that all-star game. If those players just went out there and actually played like a real game, because who doesn't want to see LeBron James going at KD or you know Tatum going against Jalen Brown? Like if you're a basketball fan, that's what you want to watch. But the shit that they're doing now, man, is is is, is pretty whack. Like the you know Dame pulling up for half court shots, you know three straight possessions. Like Dame, I know you can shoot from anywhere on the court. I don't care to see you make an unguarded half court shot, right? Like, does anyone want to watch that? I mean, you do if you bet the over. <laughs> you want those shots to go in. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. If you bet the over, it's great, but uh, I, I think next year will probably be a good under bet. There's been a lot of hype around, right? Like how the effort is not there. Maybe next year they come out and they play. Well, a lot of people have wanted them to do what they did with the MLB All Star Game, which is the winning. You know, go back to East versus West as opposed to having the captains thing, and then you give home court advantage to whatever side wins. That would be something that I would probably take the under on because, especially like come fourth quarter. Where, you know, you're a guy like, say you're Giannis or you're Tatum. Like Tatum went absolutely bananas in the All-Star game. But he didn't. Like, he didn't, dude. He, like, yeah, they for example, that him. record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear yeah, what like, you're saying. So now he's got the All-Star game record of 55 or whatever he dropped in a game where they weren't even guarding him. Like, that's that's a slap in the face to all the greats before him who went out there and actually played like a real game. And performed in, in, against the best of the best competition. But now in the history books, Jason Tatum is the record holder for most points scored in one of the worst games I've ever watched. That was the worst game I've ever seen, ever. I had Donovan Mitchell for MVP, so I actually watched it because I was like, oh, maybe he'll win it. Um, but yeah, it was pretty bad to watch. Yeah, I put uh, I put SGA 30 to 1 to an MVP, and I think he had... I think he had like 30 seconds playing the game. So it kind of kind of <laughs> replicated the odds that he had there. Look, I think they are going to make changes on a serious note because a lot of people were complaining about it. But I hope they don't because <laughs> it's, uh, it's, always, it's always something that I think, I think the history books have been on the right side of the over. I think it's like 18 and three in the last like 21 years has been the over. And you're right. Anytime, anytime there's a lot of public outrage and social media outrage, like, oh, this is not a game. And you saw some of the players say it too. I think they'll come down with changes, but it's going to be fun. We'll have a whole year to, to think about what could be come All-Star break next year. Yeah, it's, uh, we'll, we'll definitely have a show before leading up for you to remind everyone to slam the over in, in the worst basketball game ever played. Got to do it. You got to do it, man. Hey, Kenny, where can people find you, bro, if they want to contact you? Kenny Bets Big, uh, Instagram, Twitter, my website, KennyBetsBig.com. But yeah, shoot me a DM. You know, football's over, college basketball's here, baseball right around the corner. So if you're looking to make money, get with me. Bro, you got to come out here, man. We got to record some stuff in studio. We got to figure no, it yeah, out. Yeah, definitely, for sure. I, uh, maybe not for March Madness, because like I don't like being like, you know, for the Super Bowl. Like I feel like everyone's in Vegas for the Super yeah. Bowl. You know, like I don't want. I'd rather go there when it's more of like a low key thing and not fucking everyone in America is at, is at Vegas, but no, I definitely want to come out there in the next few weeks for sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk, man. You gotta, you gotta start just like me, man. I'm in the gym now getting right. I'm on this diet pool season. Bro. Hold on. Hold on. Son, son. son. Talk to me. Son, son. So for anyone, I've flipped two cars and I hit a tree. So I've, I've almost died three times. Jesus so I'm, I'm Christ. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that means Hold you up. definitely so got to come to Vegas then, what are you saying? Yeah, yeah. This was me before uh, <laughs> before I got into a really bad car accident. You want to see? You're going to be blown away. You're be blown away. Got to get right from I'm like the, the guy that's like showing you my like high school pictures, but... Oh, hold on. While, while he's pulling it up, at Nick Day is 10 is where you can find me, veteransminimum.com, as you can find all things VM. And go to patreon.com. It's free for everybody. Just go check it out. I put the new logo up. It's not official yet, but it's like 80, 20, yes. So I want to get your feedback. Write it on the comments. Let us know what you guys think. Kenny, you're good? You got, uh, you got your thing Did over you there? Did you see this, up? bro? No way. That wasn't you, bro. Yes, it was, bro. I swear to God. Was it really? You were shredded like that? Yeah, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Working out used to be everything for me. And then, unfortunately, like I said, I got into some bad car accidents. But, yeah, bro, I was out lifting NFL players. I was putting up 405. I was 195 there, bench of 405. I put yeah. up 225 for 33 reps. Better than almost every single play at the combine that year. So. Look at you go. Yeah, we can get back. I get busy in the gym, baby. You got to. You got to. Pool season, bro. Pool season out here. And there's a... There's a lot of nice things that walk around during pool season, Kenny. I'll just leave it at that. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. We'll catch you guys next time.